from the digital nexus of BMIT Technologies, where business strategy and technology converge. Venture into a world of profound insights, where we unravel the ever-changing dance between technological innovation and cybersecurity. Discover the latest tech trends, gain invaluable perspectives, and equip yourself with the knowledge to spearhead transformative decisions. Guiding you through this journey is our host, David Kelleher. Welcome to Hybrid Horizons. Welcome to Hybrid Horizons, where we delve deep into the world of cybersecurity to shed light on the ever-evolving landscape of digital threats. And, most importantly, how businesses can arm themselves with knowledge and awareness to stay protected. I'm your host, David Kelleher, and today we have the person driving the product portfolio at BMIT, product manager Ivan Galia. Ivan is here to share insights on the critical importance of cybersecurity, awareness for businesses, and what it takes to launch a successful security awareness program. In this episode, Ivan will also guide us through the essential components of a successful security awareness program, offering invaluable advice for businesses looking to bolster their defenses against cyber threats and, I'm told, some important product news from BMIT. So without much further ado, welcome to the show, Ivan. Thank you, David. Thanks for the invite and for having me on the show. First guest on the series. So, Ivan, let's start with uh, an easy question. Well, sort of. What is the significance of cybersecurity awareness in today's business landscape? And why is it more critical than ever? Well, I, I believe that first we need to understand or a business needs to understand the threat landscape, right? The threat landscape has been forever growing and expanding. Okay, and it's fueled by new technologies, innovations, eras, like AI, for example. And the landscape is not just growing, it's also taking different shapes or shifting, you know, shifting from one threat vector, like top trends sort of thing, one threat vector to another, right? And again, if I go, for example, back in 2012 or 2013, around that, around that time, DDoS attacks were much more prominent, were much more sought out by attackers because they brought more value to them. There was more, they could extract more money from, from businesses, let me say that, right? But then we sort of started to see the threat landscape shift and phishing and ransomware started becoming more, more prominent. And in 2020, we had the pandemic. And this is also relating to events. Events can shape or shift the threat landscape. With having the businesses um, go from office to remote or hybrid because of the pandemic, it positioned the users into an unsecure environment. And therefore, attackers took advantage of that and started social engineering, and there was a big, big spike in, in business email compromise, for example. And then 
in 2022, we had the, the war in Ukraine. We still have the war in Ukraine, but that, again, another shift, although uh, business email compromise is still a top trend, but we saw also attackers shifting towards, or let's say ransomware groups shifting towards government entities and so on. But now we have the new era, AI. AI is a beautiful thing, interesting thing, but at the same time, it brings an unknown towards the, you know, on, on the threat, threat landscape. So what challenges or what threats are we going to see from AI? Uh, and this is why it is critical to educate the people, to educate your employees, your users. Yeah. And it has been so, I mean, attackers have, have, become smarter and they have been building their their reputation and you know tailoring phishing attacks for example or social engineering in a way that it's very it's very difficult to identify if it's real or not the business email compromise right the phishing email and now with ai it will make it easier more frequent and possibly even more unrecognizable in fact, Ivan, very good point. According to Microsoft, just last week, 72 minutes is the median time for an attacker to access a private network through a phishing scam. This is quite scary. Yeah, I mean, and this, that's just a median, right? I mean, under less than two hours, an attacker can literally sit on the network, start moving laterally, within the network and eventually it will end up could take days weeks or even months but an attacker can launch an attack a ransomware attack for example easily but one of the bigger problems is the wealth of information that is available online that business either are too busy to filter or simply they are overloaded and they do not have time to see what's happening around them do you think getting too much information is too much of a good thing? And because they exactly have too much information, businesses are ignoring it. Or do they not find the information that they need? Well, I, it's, I, believe, I believe that information needs to be tailored to specific personas. I do believe that there is an amount of information and we have improved a lot with regards to cybersecurity awareness and information, how to safeguard and, you know, businesses should now be more aware or should have that information in hand. However, it depends on what information and who is consuming it. Okay. Just to take an example, vendors issue most vendors, let's say, like top, big, the, big, the big vendors, like Microsoft, for example, issue the defense or threat report. It's about 60 to 90 pages. Now, these reports are to be consumed by security officers, by uh, service providers like us, by CISOs and so on. They're not supposed to be consumed by the average employee or the, 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 the normal employee or even specific roles within the senior management because then it is up to the 
IT or the security officer to dilute that information or tailor that information into the business need. So then they can show the importance and provide that information to the senior management. And we had done a research on, on security in 2021, and it showed that, for example, at least the perception locally is that security or cybersecurity is not needed in locally here on the island. It's, it's just simply marketing, right? And they don't really understand the risk because they see these long documents and they say, oh, we've never been attacked. It's sometimes they are unaware that somebody is actually sitting on their network. Doesn't mean they're not attacked. So one of the, within the research, we found that 60% of the organizations we contacted that, that took the, the survey did not even have MFA enabled. They did not, and most of the, the reason why they did not have, because they thought that the MFA is, or produces lack of productivity on the employees. And in reality, it's, it's not the case. I mean, if anything, they can use the technology such as single sign-on and so on to enhance the productivity or the user experience. So, so really what we're seeing here is a problem with attitudes, both from a business perspective, but also from the industry in general. I mentioned the MS, the Microsoft statistic, but I'm sure that there are a lot more juicy numbers out there that paint a dark picture. In fact, what you're saying is indicative of a situation that is quite worrying. Could you share some real world examples or statistics that maybe highlight some potential risks and the consequences of a cybersecurity breach for, for businesses, irrespective of their size? Well, some, some of the latest reports, I'm going to take the X-Force threat report from IBM 2023, state that 41% of initial access, so basically a threat vector that gains access to the customer's environment, network infrastructure, is through phishing. Now, 41% from all threat vectors, that means 41% is quite a large number. And phishing, social engineering, is scary because you have your first line of defense, the employees. Then you have the defense report, okay? the Microsoft defense report, and stating that social engineering or business email compromise represents 59% of cybercrime's financial losses globally. So amounts up to 49%. And I think it was around four point something billion. It's a word globally. Again, it's a, an estimated figure of losses, but it's, it's huge. It's a huge number. And businesses who have been breached through a phishing or not necessarily, but through a phishing, but who have been breached and suffered an attack such as data loss, data leak, or ransomware attack, you know, end up having 
big bills to to recover because recovery is expensive, time consuming, and uh, it's not always guaranteed. You know, um, and some of the some of the victims, for example, who reported that they have been breached. Thirty, for example, uh, there was a, a report say stating that thirty-two percent of the victims who have been breached only managed to recover sixty-five percent of their data. So, you know, especially small, medium-sized businesses who do, might not have the the capital or the the revenue may suffer huge losses that end up closing their business within a few months or or so. So obviously the situation could be described as one that is worrying and problematic. But obviously we need to start from somewhere. We need to do something. There's no doubt that companies need to start becoming aware of what is happening. Where do you think we need to start from? And more importantly, does this require some form of an organizational change for the situation to improve? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, awareness requires to have an organizational change. It needs to be driven strategically, top-down. It, it requires to have buy-in and support from senior management. So, yeah, definitely. So what would you, let's say a company decides that they want to plan a security awareness program. What do you think their key objectives should be? Because obviously you need to have objectives before even just deciding to do a program. Yeah, every business, obviously, every business may have different structure and therefore their objectives may differ slightly. But every business, for sure, needs to start with understanding, identifying their risks and assessing their security posture. That's crucial. That's a must. Then you have security needs to be like I like I said earlier needs to be taking on strategically okay needs to be included and aligned with the business strategy yeah and as well as if if possible secure or allocate as a security budget budget it's it's imperative i think to have such alignment Then, another objective is making security more relatable, okay? There are different roles and users within an organization. So, one can perceive a threat or one can, sh can have different risks and consequences for a specific user. So, you need to find a common language. They may share similar risks and similar consequences, but they can be different. So you need to find that common language. Then you need to shape that security awareness. Security needs to be human-centric. You need to start with the people. Another objective is awareness training needs to be it's important that it is 
a little bit, it, it cannot be dull. Let me say that. <laughs> it cannot be dull because you will have consequences. So w one of the objectives is that awareness training needs to be fun and it can be rewarding as well. There are many different ways how you can do it. You know, you can even have games, etc. Uh, it, it shouldn't just be watch this video, read this long policy, you know, sign this and uh, and that's it. You know, it, it needs to be tailored for the user. Okay. Next, another objective is hiring and empowering a security officer. Someone who will oversee and drive the program. Okay. Or seek a security services provider. Okay. You can offload other than offload the responsibility, you can offload that uh, capability onto a security service provider. Next, as an objective, you need to create your first line of defense, and that is your employees. Educating your employees to identify and report threats. That is key objective that is a key objective and that is to minimize the risk of cyber attacks originating from phishing obviously the program needs to be interesting it needs to be fun you need to have engagement with employees but as we all know things tend to be interesting at the beginning but tend to become boring as time goes by but more importantly if we had to look at from a negative viewpoint what do you think the challenges are to get a program in place and for the program to be successful well i can think of i don't know four or five challenges starting with for example lack of resources if you don't have the the right resource to to drive if you don't have the time if you just give it to some employee it will end up being a side a side job so it's kind of you won't get the priority that it deserves or the attention that it deserves and going on to another challenge would be the participation the employee participation would be low we said that awareness training can be dull. If you make it dull, you won't get the right attention of the employees. So you will have lower participation. Okay. So you have to find ways how to get those employees to do their training, participate, and the end goal, which is learn and be more effective yep then there is another challenge is having low impact with the program so the program is not properly tailored and uh, the employees are not they're not learning they're not they're not identifying they're not reporting threats so that could be an, an unsuccessful program we can consider that as an unsuccessful program. Therefore, that we consider it as low impact on the employees. There is the lack of leadership as well as a challenge. So you might have someone within the organization, for example, middle management, who 
see the need, who pushes that need, they get some sort of approval, they start the program, but they have no support from senior management. And therefore, it could all sort of tumble down or fall down and, you know, it will fail. And the program requires a driver. If you don't find, if you don't identify the driver, again, it's just there to tick a box for compliance and that's it. And another, the last challenge that I can think of is employee fatigue. What is employee fatigue? Basically having or the employees perceive this training and awareness and these tests and so on as denying them from doing their core business objectives, their core work, you know? So they're seeing it as an unproductive way, as, you know, lack of productivity sort of. So, so what we're really saying here is that for similar programs to really work, apart from obviously the employees being a key part of the whole exercise, the need for a clear and dedicated leader to manage and to ensure that this program is going ahead. But if you had to define their responsibilities, sort of what does the leader really need to do here for it to be successful? A leader needs to, again, once again, it's irrelevant of the role okay, or, or the person. It, uh, as long as they have the authority to execute and, and maintain, it's, that's, that's the most important. But as a role, they must ensure that it, it is really, it's impacting the users, right? It, the, the, the users are learning, the users will be able to identify the threat. And again, someone who can understand the risks and the consequences, someone who can get the message across both towards the employees, to all the employees, as well as get the buy-in and support from senior management. Okay, so someone who, can, who, who drives this needs to make sure that the program is effective, is bringing some return on investment there. Okay, and usually such programs are driven by HR executives or management, uh, security roles or senior or middle management roles in, in IT. But again, it's, it, it's not a particular or specific uh, role. Obviously, uh, Ivan, it is clear that apart from having a leader, someone who's driving these programs, uh, employee engagement is a number one factor. And it is crucial not only for the success of the program itself, but also to ensure that the organization, the employees have the awareness and the security education that they need to identify threats. So how do you, how do you think a business can drive this new culture of cybersecurity awareness within their organization? How can they do it? What are the key factors? Well, first of all, it's a, a culture change, right? So it's also a mentality change. A lot of business leaders think that it is an IT issue. 
that cybersecurity is an IT issue and it needs to be solved by configuring tools and putting in safeguards, etc. But it's, it's really not. It's an organizational issue. It's an organizational challenge. So the first thing that organizations or businesses need to change is the mentality that it is an IT issue or, a, or an IT challenge, but it's really an, a business challenge. Yeah. So it goes from top down. It does not exclude anyone. The CEO is not excluded. Most of the phishing attacks start from the CEO because it's sort of the most vulnerable. The, the CEO information can be used to, to lure in other employees to share sensitive information or do payments that should not because the CEO is not asking. It's someone else is asking. And... Yeah, I mean, there's a, a high percentage where most some, some of the phishing attacks start from CEOs being compromised. So no one should be excluded. Again, it should not be, okay, we're senior management, we should not be on the program, or I am I, the IT guy, I should not be on the program. It's actually, again, tailoring that program towards specific roles. And... Another pitfall, in a way, is that businesses usually blame the employee. Okay, they find out that uh, the attack was originated from a phishing attack on a specific employee, and we sort of target that employee and blame that employee because he fell for or she fell for that attack. And it's, I don't think it's fair that humans make mistakes, Again, there's the human element to it. And you should drive that culture that, you know, employees are your first line of defense. And there's nothing is 100% bulletproof. I mean, not even a tool. So that's one thing that needs to be uh, adopted, uh, the, the mindset, the uh, part of the, the culture, right? And one thing is your employees need to be supported. Your employees need to be supported by defined procedures, processes, and policies. I mean, okay, so now they are aware of threats, they identify a threat, so what next? What do they do? How do they report it? You know, where do they, or if they fell for it, where do they submit the, the incident, the security incident? Okay, do you have a process for that? Okay, they set a new password. Do you have a policy for passwords? Do you have a security policy? So it's important that you have these in place to support your employees. And I, that's why it's, it, it's a culture change because you need to understand things top down. You need to have this governance, this risk awareness as well. So you're, you're driving not just training the, the user, but you're also supporting the user. So these are, these are very, this is again crucial. For, for any business. Great, Ivan. This brings me to two questions, actually, that maybe I could put them together here. The first one you mentioned is understanding the, the level or the uh, gap in the security posture in regards to employees. So my first question would be, how do you assess and define 
the preparedness of your employees in terms of cybersecurity? Sort of what are the key factors that allow you to say, okay, I need level one for this group and I need level three advanced for the next group. And that leads me to the second question is, when you are actually creating the program, what are some of the more effective training and educational methods that are used to help in this type of training on cybersecurity? Okay, so let, let, let me start off with the first one, identifying the user risk, right? Or identify the, the, the user's gap with regards to the awareness. Now, generally speaking, or the perception is that different departments may have, within an organization, may have different needs, different levels, right? But it should start with a, a blank sheet of paper, okay? Do not assume. That's one thing, do not assume. Because you'll be surprised how many IT people fall for phishing attacks. So... First, you need to run a gap analysis. There are different topics or modules when it comes to cybersecurity and uh, phishing as well. So you understand what the user really knows, what the user is really aware about, and gives you the ability to uh, get sort of a map of that particular user. And then obviously you can target or uh, push specific topics and modules towards that user. It could be level one, it could be level two, whatever, right? So that's one. Now, to make that the, the awareness training more effective, okay, the, you must ensure that this is not just configure and forget. It's not, an awareness program should not be something that, okay, easy configure. You'll find a lot of tools which you can actually configure and forget. And you'll get all the time the repetitive modules, same or phishing attacks or templates which are make little sense towards your organization. It's usually targeting more personal rather than business. And so that is an important aspect that a program needs to be tailored. And then, so to have an effective training, okay, you must ensure to, to have a program which is not just configure and forget. A program that allows you to, to, to be tailored in a certain way, okay? That allows you to push different topics, modules to, to your users, okay? As well as tailor specific testing sort of templates or the phishing templates towards your users. One of the one of the issues that we find in common tools are that there are programs which have just basic learning modules or that go repetitive a year long and especially if you don't have a driver to to customize those those modules you'll end up having the same content year over year and the users will get annoyed and, and bored. So it's important that your program, your, your learning campaign, we call it learning campaign, 
gives you the ability to not only customize, but adapt towards your user's risk level. Okay, and you get that risk level from that gap analysis you do to assess your user. You also have phishing campaign. What is phishing campaign? Phishing campaign is when you test your users. Yeah, once every month, for example, you send out that phishing test or email to try and lure your, your, your user, your employee to click on a link to see if they will fall for it or report it or, or, and so on. And usually, again, specific tools on the market gives you those generic templates, which are, for example, Netflix and so on. And they're more targeting personal rather than more consumer focused, really, yeah, rather exactly. than business, so, business targeting. Rather than business, yes. So that, again, is another factor for an effective, an, an effective program is to be able to tailor those templates and make them more real because that's where we're at with in real life in the in the threat landscape right now techers are actually going through linkedin they're understanding your business they're going through social medias they're understanding more who are the people where they're working at you know what positions etc and they're making it more real more or unrecognizable so to speak but it's also not a case of you're also aligning your templates with up-to-date attacks and phishing threats so if there's a new one coming out your templates are now being updated accordingly so your employees are being faced with the most recent type of attacks, not a stale phishing attack that is no longer used from seven months ago, for example. Yeah, I, I completely agree, and that's true. And this is something that, how I see it is like a chain, right? Like, for example, this is something that needs to come from the security officer. I mentioned the, the vendor reports, right? You see the most common reports, the biggest, the, the top trends, and that's why you need to tailor those those templates uh, to recent or latest events and so on right then you have also the frequency of the training you know you have to find that balance you don't want to overdo it to give the the users again the ability to to perform their core objectives okay and not not to go into the, the fatigue phase, sort of. So you have to find a balance. We always recommend at least a, a minimum once or once every month for training and once every month fishing. But again, if you want to go more aggressive, you have to find that program which allows you to tailor it to do more frequent. Again, it, you can even take a decision after you see the cap analysis or you see the, the risk level or the security posture of your, of, of your organization. I mentioned it many times, the tailoring, the tool that allows you to tailor these specific and customize these specific campaigns, the, the learning and so on. As well as, you know, it's, it's, it's crucial that it's not just about the learning campaign and the phishing campaign going year on year. It's also about the constant awareness to your employees and by constant awareness to your employees means listen 
there is currently, for example, it, it happens uh, many times, like the Malta police force issue a Facebook, a, a Facebook post about an ongoing scam, etc., or on SMS or via email and so on. Make your users, make your employees aware about those, you know, daily sort of events or awareness. So, yeah, it's, it's important that we, for example, suggest that once in a while you provide or give on your intranet or your generic teams communication, you know, your, your organizational communication channel, provide educational posts, even stating, for example, your secure password policy, what is a, you know, secure passwords or how to identify a threat, specific messaging that keeps it on top of mind for that, that particular employee or user. So to summarize what we're saying here is that for the program to be successful, you need, first and foremost, someone leading it. It needs to remain fresh. It needs to be ongoing. It needs to have full engagement from your employees. And it needs to be a full package and something that you can tailor after six months and after 12 months. My last question here is really, with all this that you've talked about, how does BMIT come into the picture here? How is BMIT looking at the awareness side of security education? BMIT has, has always ventured into security services. Okay, mostly, for example, when we come with DDoS mitigation or firewall services and so on, especially specifically on network. However, BMIT has evolved into a managed security services provider offering as well, starting with the BMIT cybersecurity discovery assessment, which allows us to map or do a gap analysis of the businesses, the business security posture, see where the gaps are and start with the fundamentals. So start building the foundation for security, for cybersecurity. And then obviously try to always, this is not something you do once, but cybersecurity is an ongoing journey. You know, it's a, it's a journey that keeps evolving. It's a constant roadmap, so to speak. And it gives you the, the ability to, to enhance your security posture, always improving, right? Continuous improvement. And one thing that features within this assessment is the educational part, the skilling, the awareness for employees. That is why we also launched um, uh, a, a BMIT security awareness program where we can help organizations, specifically in the small, medium sector, where they might not have the proper resources or the roles to effectively deploy and maintain an effective awareness program, security awareness program. And this is where BMIT comes in. BMIT has now a governance risk and compliance team with over 30 plus years of experience. And with their knowledge and skills, we're able to deliver 
an effective, a really effective awareness program. Literally, first starting with identifying the business objectives, because that is important. Again, we, I, we know we mentioned the, the objectives already, but understanding the, the, the business objectives and their target, because the, the, the business can say, I just want to be compliant. I just want to take a box, right? So um, I don't believe that that should be the, the target for any business, but you know, some, some businesses just want to take a box and that's reality. However, we always were there for constant improvement, right? For constant improvement of the business security posture. So we start to understand, we start to discover the organization objectives, identifying the risks. We do that cap analysis for the users and we start to tailor and launch both learning and phishing campaign. And that is where we then, apart from managing the entire, the entire program, we can also provide additional support services, additional services on top to tailor that program. After one year, we can review that program and see how we can make it more effective to our users. We can also understand the departments, how they interact together, and we can literally tailor phishing tests towards those specific users and roles. So, yeah. That's great. When will this product be available? And if they'd like some more information, where can they find it? So we have launched this particular product, the BMIT Security Awareness Program. If you are interested, if the customers are interested, they can find more information on, on our website. Perfect. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you so much for your insights. Thanks into for having me. A very, very important discussion. And it's great to know that BMIT is now making available to customers and businesses uh, a very effective tool to add to their security team's arsenal. And that brings us to the end of this episode of BMIT's Hybrid Horizon podcast. Till our next episode, stay safe, stay secure.